Well, good morning. How many of you uh, got a handout when you walked in about the power of your words? Hold it up. Let's read the first one on the Mark eleven twenty three side. Let's read it out loud together, okay? Why don't you stand up one more time? Let's read it. Just that first one, okay? Let's read it together in unison. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Father, this morning, I pray for fresh revelation. Many people in this room, they already, I know the power of my words, Pastor. I've heard the teaching before, but there are many in this place that have never heard this teaching. And there are many in here that have heard the teaching, but you've ignored the teaching. And so, Father, today, may there be fresh revelation of the power of our words, the power of your word, Lord. Say, I receive that in Jesus' name. You can be seated. These are supposed to be, they fit in your Bible. So if you have a Bible, take it and put it in your Bible and then read it. It's all scripture. It's out of New King James and the Passion Translation. And it's all about the power of your words. Okay, so this morning, uh, I could teach on identity and the power of our, our, your words like every other week. And it would be, it would be okay. Because it seems like if there are a couple of things that Christians really struggle with, it's our identity in Christ, and it's, a, and it's about the way we speak, and what, about the way we speak in our situations. I remember when Jeff was going through all this, and believe me, we all went through with, went with him through all of this, but I just remember him purposing in his heart, you even heard it in his testimony, that this is not going to beat me. By, 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 in the name of Jesus, I am going to live and not die. I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. So, you know, they're, they're so important when you have circumstances that even they look overwhelming. If you learn how to speak into those situations and you speak the word of God and you speak life, it will change your destiny. It will change your destiny. And not only will it change your attitude, but it'll change the way you think about things, the way you look at, at the future. It'll change everything about you. You've got to get your mouth lined up with the word of God. Hear me, church? you got to get your mouth lined up with the Word of God. I mean, I can, I can look, and it counts on Facebook, too. It counts on Messenger, too. I have seen people, and they'll say, well, I'm so sorry. My back is killing me. Or this is, you know, you're just, my kids are driving me crazy. And you know what? You're going to go crazy if you keep speaking that because your kids are a gift from God. They're not driving you crazy. You know, we got to learn to change the way you think about some things and the way you speak about some things. But listen, the only way you can change the way you speak is to change the way you think. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at some passages this morning uh, uh, because I want to tell you this, this this morning. God loves you like nobody else. God loves you the way you are. Some people are, wow, he can't love me. Yes, he loves you just the way you are, just the way parents love their children, just the way they are. We like them to be different sometimes. God wants us to change. He didn't want us to stay in our sin, but he still loves us the way we are. So we have to understand first and foremost to change the way we speak. We've got to change the way we think about God. We've got to understand that God loves us, that God is for us. He's not against us, that he raised us up to new life, that he created, he made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. All the old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's who we've got to start believing, that God is goodness. He's pure goodness. And when you start understanding the nature of God, the character of God, you can start thinking about who God is in you because he lives in you through the Holy Spirit. 
And then you can start speaking the way God wants you to speak about things. That's a lot of breath I'm using up here. I need a little breath coming back from y'all. You were a sinner saved by grace, but now you're a winner led by faith. Quit confessing. I missed an old poor sinner saved by grace. Quit confessing that. That's who you were. That's who some of you, that's who all of us were. But now we are winners and we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by our feelings, church. If we can get past our feelings, I'm telling you, we can, we can make a leap into the maturity of, of Christ if we can get past the way we feel. How many times do you call somebody, how are you doing today? Well, I don't feel so good. I got this, I got, I got bunions, I've got this, I, my knee hurts. And we start, we start telling everybody, let's get around a bunch of old people that go out to eat. You know what the first thing they do? They start talking about their ailments. They're not speaking life. They're just speaking, yeah. Well, I got a surgery coming. Well, yeah, I got this thing, you know. And you start talking, well, I've had eight surgeries. And then you start counting off the surgeries. Back in 82, I had this, and you know. That doesn't edify. That doesn't build up. I mean, I know there's facts, and it's okay to say facts, but we've got to move past that if we're going to change the way we, way we speak. But first of all, we've got to understand that there's power in the Word of God. Hebrews 12, 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful. Say, the Word of God is living and powerful, okay? And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen, when you understand, understanding the power of the Word of God, and you, listen, if you don't know the Word of God, you can't pray the Word of God. Well, pastor, how do I pray the Word of God? Well, you start learning the Word of God. You start memorizing the Word of God. I know memorizing is not a popular thing, but it's a good thing to know the Word. It said to hide the Word of God in your heart that you might not want sin against Him. See, some of you know that Word. Some of you didn't. But you've got to hide the Word in your heart. You've got to get the Word in your heart. That's why we printed this out for you in this really nice feature Bible card. Uh, uh, what, what's this called? Uh, stock paper. Yeah, we, we spent the big bucks on you. Not that flimsy paper. This is the good stuff. So you need to get the Word of God in you so it can come out of you because the Word of God is powerful. It's the Word of God that saved you. Did you know that? It says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. He's talking about the spoken Word of God, the rhema Word of God that He's speaking to us today. I'm speaking the Word of God to you today. When I read Scripture, I'm speaking the Word of God, and the Word of God says it will not, He'll go out and He'll do what it's, it's supposed to accomplish. He won't return to God void. So listen today. Receive the Word of God and begin to be saturated with the Word of God so you can start speaking the Word of God and living the Word of God. That word, the Greek word there for power, powerful, it means active, effectual. Not just powerful, but active and effectual. And I'm pretty sure most of you in this room this morning understand that there's power in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So, if we can understand that the Word of God is powerful, then we should also understand that speaking the Word is also powerful. Say, speaking the Word is powerful. There are two ver there's a verse that we use all the time. And I've got to use it because it's so powerful. It's in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life. It doesn't say life and death. So many people quote that wrong. Death and life are in the power of the tongue or our language. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now people go, well, I don't quite get that. So let's look at it in the Passion Translation. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or they'll give life. 
and the talkative person will reap the consequences. Now, it doesn't say they'll reap the bad consequences. It says you'll reap the consequences of what you're speaking. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? If, you, if you're speaking death over your situation, guess what you're going to reap? Death. There's no, gray, there's no gray area in this verse. He said there, it says life or death, death or life. This is what happens when we get the word of God in us. He says, now I want you to speak the word because I'm going to give you some life today. See, I want to speak life over you today. Amen? How many of you know people that speak before they think? Yes, yeah, sitting right by me, Pastor. How many of you know people that have no filter? Just like vomit, they just spew it out, whatever they're thinking. Like, here's it, I thought, I'm going to speak it. You know, you're like, well, that was offensive because you weren't speaking life. And if you start listening to the Word of God, and here's, the Bible says when we have this thought, not to just speak it out, it says take every thought what? Captive to the obedience of Christ. If we would learn to take these thoughts, well, I'm in, I'm telling you, and guys, you can really get in trouble if you don't know how to speak to your wife. Do I need to gain? Do I need to lose some weight, honey? What, what is the answer, guys? No, you look perfect the way you are. You're speaking life into the situation. You're also protecting yourself from the shoe. <laughs> a lot of people just don't have a filter. They, they, they spew out negative words. They don't even know they're doing it. Because they haven't had the revelation of the power of their words. Parents speak curses over their children, and they don't even understand that they've spoken curses over their children. Mom, look at my picture I drew. Well, that's the, what is that? That is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. You want to be a dream killer? Just tell your kids they have no talent. Mama, I did the best. I, I, I got a C. A C? Are you stupid or what? No, you speak. Hey, Thank you. You're trying. I know you're trying. We're going to work together. We're going to get that C up to a B. You start speaking life into your children, not death into your, your children. You don't speak hurtful words, harmful words to your mates, your soul, your, to, your, to your friends or your family. You speak life over them, church. Listen to how much we could grow and prosper if we, earn, if we just begin to understand and get the revelation of the power of our words. We cuss people out. We, 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 we flip them off. We, we, you know, you, it's more than just your words. It's your actions. And God says, no. Did you just speak life to that person that cut you off? <laughs> you can honk at them. That's okay. <laughs> Let them know that that's dangerous. It's okay. I ran, I, I ran a red light. No. I went through a light the other day, and it was yellow by the time I got through it. How many, how many of you do that? You look in the rearview mirror, see how many people are following you. <laughs> Three. There wasn't just one guy. That one guy said, I mean, maybe he made it, you know. The second person, I know it was red. The third person, I know everybody was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Nobody was speaking life over that third car, I'm telling you, <laughs> more than likely. I, I just pray for him. God, give him some sense. Protect them. Protect us. Amen? You know, we, all, we, we say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but no words will never hurt me. See, that's just a lie of the enemy. Just a flat-out lie of the enemy. Words kill. They're like bullets. I'm shooting out good bullets today. But, man, the enemy wants you to shoot the bad bullets. You ever have a dream about being shot? 
Anybody ever have a dream about being shot? You know what those wor- that is? Those are words that are being shot at you. Somebody's speaking against you. So you have to understand words. Words start wars, church. Words divide churches, church. Words divide families. If moms and dads could just learn how to communicate, oh, Jesus, marriages would be restored. They wouldn't be separated, being destroyed if just you would start communicating and you would use this language called love language, the language of God, if you would start speaking life into your marriage. So how do we get those words out of us that line up with the word of God? We have to get the word of God in us. John 1.14 says, and the word, said the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word is W. It's a capital W. That is Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's why I love that song. I speak Jesus. We're speaking the word. See, you didn't, you didn't know, I'm, I'm just speaking the word Jesus. No, you're speaking the word. Jesus is the word. There's more. That's the most ultimate word you can use, or Yeshua, which whenever, whatever you like to use. But just understand, when you speak him, his name, you're speaking the word of God this morning. Speak that over your children before they go to school. Just say, hon, I just speak Jesus over you. And they look at you like, what? Because I'm speaking the love of Christ over you. I'm speaking that you're going to go in the protection of God this morning, that he's going to cover you today. You're going you're to excel. You're not going to be defeated. You're going to walk in the joy of the Lord. You're going you're to understand that there's a, there's a purpose in your life. You may think that school is not that important, but I'm telling you, you go to school, you'll learn. God's going to use that someday. You've got to start learning to change the way you speak to your children. Speak, change the way you speak to your spouse this morning. Luke 6, 45 Jesus said this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance, say the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So if the abundance in you is evil, if all you do is focus on the evil, if you're letting the enemy win all the time and you're, you're, you're succumbing to his pressure and, or to his lies, then what the abundance of your heart is going to be evil. And when you open your mouth, evil is going to come out. But when you are filled with the abundance of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, listen, the abundance of the Holy Spirit says he's like a a spring. He's like a, a well springing up within us and flowing out of us. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Holy Spirit. Amen. What's in here? Others will hear. What's in here? Others will hear. And I'm going to go back and repeat this because it's important. It's not just what comes out of your mouth, but it's what comes out of your fingertips. I'm not a dangerous texter because I'm a one-finger texter. <laughs> so a lot of times you may get a text from me, and if it's lengthy, you can bet my wife wrote it for me. <laughs> she said, well, you know, guys, if there's... The woman will send you a long e- uh, text, right? And then you're, what is yours? Sometimes it's just an emoji, a smiley face. Th- thumbs up. Because okay takes too long to type. <laughs> See, some of you reduce okay from okay, A-Y to okay to K. You don't want to be bothered with a lot of words, a lot of, a lot of letters. K. Before you write something, before you speak something, before you, your body language, 
Listen, your body speaks a language when you speak to somebody. They, you can say the right things and your body language is saying something else to them. And they'll walk away like, man, I wonder what I did wrong. I, that, that wasn't sincere what they spoke to me. So you've got to start thinking. Does it line up with the Word of God? Uh, anybody ever have a car that gets out of alignment? Anybody? A uh, car that gets out of alignment. What is that? <laughs> Usually if you hit a speed bump and you're going too fast, like I've done that before. Or I hit, a, like a, I hit one of those medians before, and I, was, I, was, I turned the wrong way, I went out the wrong way, and, and I just like, bam! You know, it's like knocked the wheel and, and knocked my front end out of alignment. Anybody ever done that before? Just me? Just your wife, right? <laughs> what do you have to do? You have to, go to a, you have to go to a mechanic and let him realign the front end of your car. Usually the back end's okay. <laughs> it's the front end. In, in the same way, because after that you're out of alignment, you, you have to really struggle to steer your car straight because it wants to go one way and you might w- want to go another. But see, that's the same way with our, with our lips. If we get out of alignment, we're not in alignment with the Word of God. It's going to be a struggle for us to walk this Christian life. It's going to be a struggle for us to stay the course because we will, we'll start speaking all the ugly stuff when we get off course. Well, Jesus, why weren't you there when I got off course? Jesus, why didn't you help? He starts blaming Jesus. You blame somebody, but you don't take the Word of God and start applying it and start speaking life into your situation. I love this. this. The Lord showed me this this week. Galatians 5.22, most of you know it, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, or long-suffering patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against their, uh, such there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Say fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, look it up. If you want to know what the fruit of the Spirit is. And then there's the fruit of our words. I, I like how Paul's used this word, the fruit of the Spirit, because fruit is something good. How many, like, how many of you like fruit? Some of you like certain kind of fruit. Some like, but man, on a hot day, a good, good, a good peach, like a Fredericksburg peach, it's cold. With a little bluebell on top, you know, it's so good. <laughs> Refreshing. Watermelon, cold watermelon on a hot day. Slice that baby open, and if it's just the right ripeness, you know, it's not too ripe, it's not too, whoo, didn't that refresh you? And, and, he's, and he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It should be refreshing. Go, let's go back in to, to Proverbs 18.20 again. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. And then it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now listen to it in the message. Oh, I love this. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Baby, I love you. You look so beautiful today. (laughs) See, she's smiling. She can't help but smile. (laughs) And I feel good by saying that. It's a good fruit. You know what I'm talking about, church? Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Teachers, you know what I'm talking about? Let me read that again. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Ooh, isn't that good? Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. You choose. It's your choice. 
What you gonna speak when somebody says, well, what's going on in your life? Well, let me tell you all the bad stuff. No, start speaking what you're thankful for. Start speaking. Listen, somebody dies, you can go into the depths of depression over that, or you can go, I know where they're at. Paula Lopez passed into heaven last night at about 2.45. Anybody know Paula Lopez? Her sister is Mary. They attend this church. I got to pray with her three weeks ago. But I'm telling you what, you can go, oh, my gosh. Oh, Paula's gone. We don't know where she is. She's lost. No, no, no. Paula's happy today. And you start speaking life into these situations. You speak life into the family, especially those that don't know Jesus. This wild mouse, you're going to miss her. I know you're going to miss her, but if you know Jesus, one day you're going to see her. And it won't just be for a weekend. It won't be for just a once in a while. You'll see her for eternity, right? It's just a matter of changing the way you think, lining up with the Word of God and speaking it and building up somebody, edifying somebody, speaking into the situation. It's your choice. It's my choice. Problem is, we've let the world come in We haven't been transformed by the word. We've been transformed by or conformed to the world. And so we speak like the world. You know, the world, you know, when the world began to speak, they changed words on us. Good became bad. Great play became a sick play. And I just never got that. Did you you see that dunk? Man, that was sick. (laughs) Yeah, I I kind of wanted to throw up when I saw it, too. <laughs> we, we changed our vocabulary. In America, the culture says, put people down so you can get a laugh. Our culture, listen to comedians and listen to what they say. Everything is usually a put down. They're always making fun of somebody. And then we laugh because, oh, that was so funny. And, and guys are the worst. And I know guys are not going to like what I'm about to say, but guys are the worst about coarse joking. They're, they're the worst about putting and cutting each other down. And then they just say, they, at the end of it, they put the LOL or JK. <laughs> and that person that you spoke that to is hurt. Because behind that, that word that you spoke was a little bit of truth. It was a little bit of dig. And you put them down. And they, they, you, everybody else, all the guys are laughing, but they're also going, hmm. I wonder if that really hurt Joe. I wonder if that hurt Bill. I wonder if that hurt. <laughs> I mean, we got Joes and Bills here. I'm sorry. <laughs> was not intended to specific Joe or a specific Bill or Mario. <laughs> we have three Marios in this church. The Mario brothers. I think they're all here today. Mario, Mario, Mario. Where's the other Mario? Mario, Mario. Is there three? Is there four? Do I hear four? Four Marios. Do I? Fourth. That is a fourth Mario. We got four Marios. You play drums, he plays guitar. I think y'all need to start a band. It's got the Mario Brothers. Yeah. It's a thought. Mario Daniel, do you play an instrument? Hmm? Do you? You used to pick it up. Pick it back up. Uh, I feel a band's coming. Feel a band. <laughs> I know Mario Martinez. Where's Mario Martinez? Do you play an instrument? Where is he? Where do, what do you play, Mario? What did you used to play? Piccolo? What? Piano? There's a band. Y'all come up and do the invitation song at the end of the service. Okay.
and people will get saved. <laughs> Does your speech bear good fruit? That's the question. Does your speech bear good fruit? Is what you say, does people, somebody, they come up and say, man, that's good. Thank you for that word of encouragement. Mm, that was good. Oh, that tastes good. Is your, is your speech bearing good fruit this morning? If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3. I got this scripture, and I know they're going to be on the screen, but this is a great passage. And it's not usually so associated with the power of our words, but I found it, and the Lord showed it to me, and I thought, okay, I got to read this one. Paul's speaking, and he's telling them at the church of Colossae, he's, trying to, he's telling them the things you should not do. <laughs> the first part of that, that, that chapter is like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, we know that. We know there are things that we're not supposed to do. But then he says, therefore, as the elect of God, say, I'm the elect of God. Woohoo, I've been elected. Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But, Above all these things, put on what? Love, L-O-V-E, which is the bond. That's the glue that holds us all together, the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, this sounds like the uh, fruits of the Spirit, doesn't it? And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word, say the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. That's our speaking. That's our teaching. It comes the words coming out of our mouth because the, the Christ dwells in us and teaching one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now look at this next verse, verse 17. And whatever, say whatever. whatever. And whatever you do in word or deed, say word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In everything we do, in everything we say, if we're doing it as unto the Lord, if we're doing it because of what Christ has done in us and through us, listen, we are going to bear good fruit. Amen? Amen? In your actions, you're going to bear good fruit. Amen? In your words, when, in, when, you're, uh, when you're building somebody up, you're going to bear good fruit. Amen? Terrible when those words don't come. <laughs> a lot of fruit's going to come out of this room. Like an orchard. A harvest. Of good fruit. Because you're going to get a revelation today of your words. And how important they are. If we could just get this in our heart. Everything we do is as unto the Lord. Clean your house as unto the Lord. Keep your car clean as unto the Lord. Love your neighbor as unto the Lord. Kids, clean your bedroom as unto the Lord. Not because your mom and dad require it. Do it because God loves you and he wants you to do things with excellence. Amen. See, if, if we could get to that place of excellence because it's, before, it's for him and not about us because I get an allowance or because my wife will say, oh, good, good job, honey. And if we just do what we do and we do it for the Lord, Everything we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does all mean here? Do all means all. On your job, you should be the best employee because you're not doing it for your boss. You're doing it as unto the Lord. 
In your marriage, it's not about uh, my wife is going to do this for me or my husband's going to do this for me if I do this or that. No, it's because I want to glorify God. We talked about that last week because our marriages are to be a glory to God. If you're single today, it doesn't matter if you're single or married. Your, your life should be a picture of a glory, uh, to the glory of God. You see, this, this is so simple. People just, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know how I can get to that place. You got to get back to the Word got to get the word of God in you nobody can do that for you second Corinthians 4 7 I love this it says Paul says we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power say power will be seen as God's listen to this and not ours the treasure that you carry, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, however you want to uh, uh, define treasure here, but I believe treasure here is the Spirit of God within us and the Word of God within us. If we understand that we have this great treasure within us, then what we'll do is we'll allow this treasure to come in us and through us and out of us and bear good fruit. If we can just figure out that treasure, what we have in us, we'll change the way we think, we'll change the way we speak, we'll change the way we act. And you go down a few verses, verse 13 in the same chapter. This is what Paul says, because we're, we're shifting now from the power of our words that are, have to do with love to faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Say spirit of faith. Spirit. That is described in the scriptures when it says, this is in uh, Psalm 116, first I believed, David said, then I spoke in faith. First I believed, say first I believed, then I spoke in faith. Then he goes on to say, so we also first believe then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up from with him and together we will all be brought into his presence. Paul's trying, he's, he's letting them know because Jesus was raised from the dead, you're going to be raised from the dead. Because Jesus ascended to the Father, we're going to be ascended to the Father. We're not going to have these same old bodies. We're going to have better bodies. We're going to have immortal bodies. These are mortal bodies. They can't, they can't enter into heaven. And so he's telling them the, these truths. He said, but first, you've got to believe this, and then you, believe, then you begin to speak in faith. But this applies to all across the board as believers. We have to believe first before we speak it. See, God didn't respond to fear. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Help me. You know, he, he responds to the words of faith that comes out of your mouth. Speak faith. Speak faith this morning. Speak faith when you leave this place. Speak faith into your situations. Jeff knows what it's like to speak faith into his situations. Many of you have been healed. Many of you have been gone through some trying, terrible circumstances, and you spoke it, and you stood on the word, and you believed it, and it might not have happened the way you thought it was going to happen, but God got you through it. Matter of fact, it doesn't usually happen the way we think it's going to happen, the way we want it to happen. But I'm telling you, when God, when you don't think he's working, he's working. When you don't think he's, he's watching, he's watching. He is for you. He is not against you, church. I believe first, and then I spoke in faith. So many people have taken that out of context, and they've done this name and it, claim it religion. And that is, not, that is not the truth. That is taken out of context. Everything that we do should be according to the word of God and by the will of God. If you get outside of his will and you start naming it and claiming it for something that's not of God, I'm telling you, you're off, you're, you're, you're off track. And God will try to get you back on track. He wants us to speak the truth in love. Amen? 
Peter was, uh, of Jesus was walking along, and, and I like this because he's, he saw this fig tree, and there was no fruit on the fig tree. There we go with that word, that fruit again, and he cursed the fig tree. Right? Remember that? Then they went back the next day, and they're walking by, the, the, and Jesus just got like going on his way, and Peter, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. That tree is just dead. It's, it's dead. And, and so Jesus like, all right, why aren't you going to address the fig tree? And Jesus, here's how Jesus responds. He says, have faith in God. You know what that word really, when translated out and you get into the Greek, it means have the faith of God. God gives you the faith. You don't have to conjure up faith. God gives you the faith. He gave everybody a measure of faith. He says, have the faith of God. For surely I say to you, whoever says, say says. Say say. (laughs) Whoever says to the mountain. And the mountain there, back in that day, they used mountain as the, the, the problem, the obstacle. The circumstance, it doesn't mean we're supposed to go out and speak to Twin Buttes. It wouldn't be a big deal for God to move Twin Buttes, but it might hurt some people. It might fall on some people. <laughs> we don't go speak to Twin Buttes. If you're going to speak anything to Twin Buttes, say, God, make them bigger. Because <laughs> some people call them mountains. <laughs> Have you seen the mountains out there, boy? No, sir. <laughs> that thing that ants on? Yeah. He says, he says, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. See, a lot of people, are, well, and my words are so important, if I just speak it, it's, gonna, it's supposed to happen. But that's not the truth. It, you have to read the whole thing. He says, and you, you speak it but, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, this is Jesus. This is in red, church. This isn't me. He says, I say to you, whatever things you ask, say you ask. Everything you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You stand upon the word of God. If God says, this is what I want you to do, speak to that mountain, speak to that debt, speak to that pain, speak to that infirmity, speak to that disease. You begin to speak to it, but he says you have to, when you do it, you can't doubt in your heart. You're not going to see it happen if you've got a lot of doubt. Remember when he went into the little girl and he said, everybody get out, everybody get out. Just Peter and, and, and uh, John, you come in here and the parents, I'm going to raise this little girl up from the dead. He wanted everybody out that had doubt and unbelief. He wanted them out of the room. Some of you hang around people that are full of doubt and unbelief, so you can't even speak to any mountains because you got somebody already speaking death to you over here. You already got some people, oh, God ain't going to do that. You got yourself in that mess. He's not going to get you out of that. Can I get a witness? Get away from these people that speak death over you. Or at least tell them the truth. Hey, stop. Somebody wants to gossip to you? They want to tell you something about somebody? It's a prayer request? Oh, my goodness. Christians are so good. Uh, hey, have you heard about us? We need to pray for her. And it becomes a gossip session? You know, gossip's listed with all the bad sins. Did y'all know that? Tears down people. Tears down lives. Anybody ever receive messages back to you that somebody's been gossiping about you? Come on, raise your hands. Eh? Got the words back? Tears you. It's not a good feeling, is it? Goodness, no. We've got to be careful with our words. We've got to be careful. You know, the thing is, your life will follow your words. Your life will follow your words. Your children, lots of times, will turn out just about what you said they would turn out to be.
I've told the story a few times, but it bears repeating. Got a lot of new people since I told the story last time. I used to be an assistant chaplain at the county jail when it was over here on uh, Harris. And I would go through, and I, would, I, I was in charge of all the male prisoners, and I would go in that, I'd meet a new prisoner, or, and, and um, I'd try to get to know them. I don't want to, of course, I want to share Jesus with them, tell them that there's hope. So this one young man, I asked him about his life, and he said, uh, he started telling me his life story. And he said, I remember one day in, in, my, in the kitchen, my mother, I, I spilled a glass of milk. He's just a little kid. He said, I spilled a glass of milk. And she was so angry. She looked at me. She said, you're so stupid. You're never going to be amount to anything. You're going to be just like your father, your father. And I said, what's your father like? And he said, he's a drunk and he's in prison. I said, what's your life been? He said, I'm a drunk and I'm in jail. You don't think there's power in your words, mothers? You don't think there's power in your words, dads? Think about what you're speaking over your kiddos. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death over them? James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Again, this sounds like the fruits of the Spirit. It's amazing. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man or woman, unstable in all his ways or her ways. So many times, guys, we fail the test. Because of our words. You hear what I'm saying? He said, count it all joy. And the, and the test comes, the trial comes, the tribulation comes. And that's the last thing we count it as. Who's James? That's just crazy. Count it joy when my car breaks down? When they're repoing my car when my house is falling apart? Count it all joy when these tribulations come? He said, yeah. Don't doubt that God's going to help you. Don't doubt that God's there for you. Don't doubt that God is going to get you through this. Amen. Jeff had to say that over and over and over. I've had to say it over and over and over. Many of you in this room, you've suffered through some things and you've had to say it over and over and over and over and over because you knew if you started turning turning your words the other way, you probably wouldn't even be here this morning. You'd be dead. You'd be in the ground. Or you'd be with Jesus, hopefully. Can I get a witness on that? Yes. See, if you're, if you're walking through a trial this morning, you've got to start speaking life into that situation if you want it to turn around. Then you have to put actions to it. But you've got to get the Word of God in your heart, Okay. Speaking of the tongue, James said this in, in James 3, 9. He says, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. Look what James says. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. 
If you're here this morning, I pray if the, if the words you've been speaking have been words of death and not life, that you're getting this this morning by the Spirit of God. And that blessings are going to start coming out of your mouth, not curses. Don't be double-minded. You know people like that, they say one thing and do another? Or they tell you something and you go... A lot of times they never do what they say they're going to do. A couple more verses, then we're going to pray. If you're, if, I'm just going to ask you to be honest this morning. If you're having a problem with what comes out of your mouth, If you're having a problem speaking life instead of death, let me see, show you what Scripture says. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Can I read that again? He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. What's the fruit of your lips? What's the language you're speaking? Is it a faith language, a love language? So you go, well, Pastor, I just can't help it. It just blurts out. I don't even know. It just, I, can't, I can't help it. Anybody ever say that? I just can't help it. Okay, I've got a solution for you. Okay, you need to write this down. If you have a problem with your mouth, Psalm 141 says this. Set a guard, O Lord, <laughs> Over my mouth. He didn't say big mouth, but it could have been implied. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Lord, this swinging door. Just put me a single door in, Lord. This revolving door, Lord. Just, I just need a single door that's got a lock that you can lock it once in a while if I get out of hand. Can you get a mental picture of that? People that just like spew it, blah, 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 blah. just comes out, yada, 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 yada. And, and God says, no. Ask him, put a guard on your mouth. And I know husbands right now, say, Lord, help her. Put a guard on her mouth. <laughs> it don't work that way. David said, put a guard on my mouth. You can pray that if you want to. But some of you guys need a guard on your mouth, too. Because you spew stuff out that shouldn't be. See, a lot of you think, if we're going to talk about the power of words, we're going to talk about cursing and cussing. Cussing and cursing. And that's, that's so... Compared to this, if you, if you get this, you'll quit that. If you get this, you'll quit that. You quit taking the Lord's name in vain. Now, a lot of people think, well, it's, it's the words that we say, taking the Lord's name in vain. But honestly, a lot of our lives take the Lord's name in vain, just our lives, just our actions. He's a Christian, and he did, ooh. So you see what I'm saying? But it's important, guys, that you get this this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, it's important to get it. Teenagers, it's important that you get this. What we say and what we don't say matters. Sometimes you need to speak when you just shut up. And silence is 
complicit. You're complicit with somebody because you're silent. You don't speak up. There are times to speak up. There's time to be silent. Words have the power to heal. They have the power to hurt. They have the ability to win people to Jesus or wound people where they don't want to know you, Jesus. It's important that we choose our words carefully and wisely. Last scripture. The last time I preached on the, on the power of words, I used this whole text. That's in regards to healing. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Twelve years. Twelve years, issue of blood. Dying. Spent all of her money on doctors. Didn't have anything left. She heard Jesus was, she, had the, she was hearing. Remember she heard. She had faith that comes by hearing. She heard Jesus was in town. And, she, and then she had faith to go in the midst of a crowd when a woman, especially with an issue of blood, wasn't supposed to go around anybody. They're supposed to stay isolated because, and they're actually supposed to call out unclean, unclean wherever they went. So people would, woohoo, there's that lady. <laughs> Get away from her. And she got into the midst of the crowd that was pressing against Jesus so much that the disciples, when Jesus said, Who touched me? They went, Are you kidding, Jesus? There's like a thousand people around you. And Jesus looked at her. And this is what she said. Mark 5, 28. For she said, say she said. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She spoke it. If I can just touch just his clothes, just the hem of his garment. I got to get out on the ground. I know I'm going to have to crawl maybe. It's a little bit dusty. I don't care. I'm bleeding. I don't care if I can just touch. He said, if I can just touch, he said it. I'll be made well. And she was, guess what? She was made well. She was made whole. And Jesus just said, God bless you. I got to go raise a girl from the dead. <laughs> That's what he did next. He responds to our faith, guys. He responds to our spoken words. He responds to life coming out of our voices. He responds to faith. Speak faith. Speak love. Would you stand this morning? Ministry team, would you come?